Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luanne Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. We know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Hi, everybody. We are back from our little hiatus. Yes. And I kind of have that back to school excitement. It actually is back to school time here in our area of South Carolina, which is hard to believe, right? But you know how you would get a new pair of kids, the new shoes, the new notebooks. It's great to be back to celebrate our one-year podcasting anniversary. We're going to start a new series. We don't know how long this is going to last. We never know how long anything's going to last. (laughs) But we decided that instead of doing a specific topic this time, we would look at a passage of scripture, 11 verses in John 15. And this has an agricultural flair to it. And I I don't know, how are you about growing things? I'm not very good at... Me either. I'm not good at keep. You give me a plant. Oh, the poor thing is not going to make know, it. I know. I have one living plant <laughs> in our house, and it has made it since I had gallbladder surgery in yeah. like 2002. Yeah. It's a survivor. But you know, with all this talk about supply chain issues and possible food shortages that you're yes. hearing on the fear mongering newscast, for someone like me who can't grow anything, I'm thinking if I ever have to rely on my agricultural skills to survive, <laughs> I might as well just. Just say, hey, here I come, heaven, because I am not going to last long. But Jesus had a lot of parables and stories and metaphors about growing things. And so that's what we find here in John 15. And in this case, he's talking about vines, which were grape vines. Yeah. And so I wanted to see if you wanted to just kick us off by reading John 15 verses 1 through 11. Absolutely. And this I'm excited to be talking about, to be honest with you. Okay. This is actually my favorite chapter in John. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he is like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be given you. This is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you obey my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have obeyed my father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy 
may be complete. There is so much good stuff so much in stuff. here and a little bit of scary stuff <laughs> in a way. But first of all, just to kind of set the scene, this was when Jesus was with his disciples right before he was going to be crucified. So he's imparting in these chapters here his last thoughts and his prayers for them. And you can imagine that he's looking at these disciples of his who didn't always seem to be the brightest bulbs in the chandelier. <laughs> They were fishermen and and tax collectors, and this was such a brand new thing for them, and the Holy Spirit had not been given to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, released. So we're kind of hard on them. I shouldn't have have said that. But you can imagine, again, he's looking at them thinking, all right, I'm entrusting this whole thing to these guys. (laughs) So that had to be a little bit of an unnerving thought to him. So that's the context of this. So he's, he's just really downloading a lot of truth to them. And in verse one, he says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. I have a slightly different version. Yeah, I don't this know. is the NIV. Is that the NASB? It, yeah, yeah, New American right, Standard yeah. is what I've, yeah. I've got here. So the wording is a little bit different, but the idea is the same. Yeah. To start out with, who's he talking about? Who's the vine? Who's the vine dresser here? Jesus is the vine, the father's is a vine dresser, yes. And we're going to find out in a minute that we're the branches. Yes, if we're we are the followers of Christ, mm-hmm. then we're the branches that come off the vine. So you got to get this picture in your head. And I was reading some stuff about this passage, and it said that a lot of times in the Old Testament, it talks about Israel as God's vine. Okay. A lot of Old Testament passages. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that. And in fact, there was a, a great big golden vine on the front of the temple that oh. existed in these days. Wasn't okay. it Herod's temple, yes, it I was. guess? Mm-hmm. Plus, there were vineyards everywhere. So Jesus was always very down to earth. He was always using parables. What and, they would understand. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. So they they totally got this. Yes. Most of us don't have vineyards and don't yeah. see vine branches every day. <laughs> so this illustration isn't quite as clear to us as it would be to them. But I think that one of the things he's trying to get across to them is that I'm getting ready to physically leave you yes in a very very short mm-hmm. time you have got to stay connected to me yes. i just sense the urgency in what he's saying here like guys stay connected yes and i think that's why he is saying at that very first line he's telling them right off the bat and again using a parable of, of sorts or a picture mm-hmm. they would understand that there's myself and the father and then there's you mm-hmm. us and like you said That's why he goes into the whole remain with me and stay in me or dwell with me. That remain can also mean dwell because you're going to need me. And and you are toast if you don't. (laughs) I love this so much because he wants us to bear fruit. Mm-hmm. and fruit that remains. Yeah, we'll get to that I part. I'm not going to get it. Oh, I know, because I realize I'm going ahead. <laughs> I saw the look th- in her eye. <laughs> but when you think about it, that's where we're headed. Okay, when it talks about I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser or the gardener, mm-hmm. I immediately thought of my father. Mm. My dad was phenomenal as a gardener. He was very, very good. So was my mom. Why why isn't this stuff genetic? Somehow that gene got lost. My father had an amazing (laughs) garden in the back of the house. He'd have 300 onions around the back end, and then he had Swiss char and tomatoes. 300 onions? He had had so much back there. Whoa. But, But in the front of the house, he had 
flowers mm. that were gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And to this day, the people that bought our family home used to walk past the house and they told us afterwards how much they loved the flowers. Aww. And they said to each other, I wish we could live there. We're going to live there one day. And they end up with our home. Aww. But my dad, this is where I want to go back to it. My father used to tell me because I would help pull weeds. I'm like, dad, this is coming up so easily. Mm-hmm. And he just said, he would plant the flowers as the gardener. He would say, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And he would plant the seeds. Uh, well, maybe that's them. what Joe and I have needed to do all these. <laughs> We've got acres of grass we're trying to grow out there on our pasture, and it's yeah. struggling so hard, and the weeds are just everywhere. I saw them on my way in, yes. So well, we'll yes. talk about weeds, obviously, later. But yeah. I just wanted to show you as a gardener what he was doing. Because yeah. I was saying, Dad, this ground is like amazing. I said, what did you do? I thought it was miracle Grow or something. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me how he did it. So how he was remaining in the Father, That's Son, so cool. and Holy Spirit, and those flowers were ridiculously gorgeous. Ah, that, that's yes. a cool story. Ah. Anyway. Okay, so let's now that we know who's what here, let's go on to the second verse. Okay. This is where it gets a little interesting and scary and maybe easy to misunderstand, but here's my translation in the New American Standard, which is a little more ominous than, than what you read. Yeah. <laughs> it says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away way. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. Well, the first thing that jumped out to me there is he's talking to believers. Yes, he is. He's not talking about worldly people. So every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Well, my mental image goes to bear fruit or you're you're out of here. Well, I thought now. Okay, you think you think he's, they're taking him away? Well, you lose your faith. Well, okay, so that's okay, that's, that's what we need to talk yeah, about yeah, because if you just take it on face value with mm-hmm. that wording, it almost seems like that. Mm-hmm. But then, as I I read more commentaries, mm-hmm. I was looking up the original words, which always fascinates me. There were two different takes on this, and I don't know what the scary takeaway would be. I mean, okay. I don't know what that means. Like, would he just put you on the bench? Maybe. Okay, so there's that. I've always thought you would lose that gift. Okay. I always thought the branch. Use it or lose it. Yeah, because if you're talking about a fruit. Mm -hmm. She's eating a scone. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) She doesn't have marbles in her mouth. It's a scone. (laughs) I can't believe you just told everybody. Okay, anyway. (laughs) So, yes, I think that, yeah, this is how I always saw it. I always thought that that branch was something that was going to get cut off because you're not using it or you're not making it grow. And so yeah. he's like, okay, I can't use it. So you. sort of like the same thing as the pruning that he talks about he in that same verse. That thing that you are working on. Say you're a teacher, okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. And he will prune if you have things that you're doing and things that you are talking to your kids or whatever, I believe he will prune and cut back the things that you don't need to be doing anymore, talking about anymore. Okay, that might not have been a great analogy, but whatever's needed in that class. Okay. He's pruning gifts. That's what I saw this as. He's the, right. we're the branches. So he's pruning us, but he's pruning the gifts because he's that's what he wants. He wants the fruit of our lives. That's what I how I see it. But what else did you see? Okay, if you so it? I could be wrong. Several commentators on the the phrase that says he takes away. Okay, like every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. They said that that phrase takes away in the original language can mean lift up. 
And it said that grapevines, sometimes they would bend in a way that the lower branches would be down on the ground or be too low and they weren't getting Mm -hmm. any sun. So they would have to go through the vineyards and lift those branches up so they would get more sun. Okay. If you're thinking about believers that really aren't using their gifts, aren't walking in the spirit, aren't living out what God has for them, maybe those believers he takes and he somehow does all he can do through his spirit to motivate them to get closer to him, to get closer to the sunlight. Mm -hmm. Of course, they make the choice whether they're going to do that. Are they going to do the Bible study? Are they going to spend that daily time with him? All the spiritual disciplines. I've never, I I had never never heard that either. But but that verse was so scary to me that that I I really (laughs) wanted to read a lot about. What does this really mean? You know what it made me think of? It made me think of the picture of Jesus with a little lamb around his neck and how they had a wandering sheep that was constantly getting into danger. They would have to break the leg on the little lamb. I know. And then, but the shepherd would put it around his neck. He would take that sheep, that sheep that has the broken foot Uh and put it around his neck and actually carry it around with him so close to him that after that, that sheep would never wander off again. And that's what it reminded me of with this. That's that he takes good. the weak believer and does all he can do to bring him closer. That's very good. I never ever associated with it. I don't even know that I've ever heard anybody associate that not way because either. we're always talking about fruit because I always ask for fruit that will remain. Mm-hmm. And so I always thought the fruit was what we did with our lives. God is always trying to do all he can to draw all of us closer to himself. Yes. And certainly the weakest, the ones he wants to, to really shore up. His goal is that we be healthy and fruitful, obviously. So he's always working for that. Verse two, again, says in the second part, he takes away every branch that bears fruit. He prunes it so that it may bear more fruit. So it's kind of like you're you're pruned if you do and you're pruned if you don't. And we don't like that. The whole idea of being pruned doesn't sound like it would feel good. No, it doesn't feel good. I think we all know that. Yeah. Yeah, It doesn't feel good. When he cuts things back, prune something, you've got to cut it back. Well, it's interesting too, because that word that is translated as prune means to to clean Oh, um, yeah. mm-hmm. or to cleanse, mm-hmm. which is really what you're doing. You're cleansing the, the branch of the dead. Well, that makes sense because or, of the next verse. Yes, exactly. One commentary I was reading said this, left to itself, a vine will produce a good deal of unproductive growth for maximum fruitfulness. Extensive pruning is essential. Wow. So we wow. all probably have a lot of unproductive yeah. growth in our lives. You yeah. just areas that... And maybe that's where we, when we struggle sometimes and feel the pain of things being cut away or cut yes. back or you need to work on this, you need to work on that. And we feel those things. That's him pruning, I suspect. Right. And sometimes it's stuff that we think is really good stuff. Yeah. Yes, I mean, we, can we, can, be, yes. we can be going in a direction that we feel like, man, this is really what I'm supposed to be doing. And then all the doors close or whack, whack, whack. We're yeah. getting pruned. <laughs> whack, whack. <laughs> only that if we're going to get whack, 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 it's only <laughs> to bear much fruit. He yeah. doesn't do that for no reason. No, that's right. So when he prunes us and prunes whatever it might be in our lives, it is for a purpose. And yeah. he knows the bigger purpose, even if we're painful walking through it, but it's to bear more fruit. And even though I am a horticultural disaster, I know that the reason you prune things is because the the energy and the nutrients and stuff that the plant needs, yes. they're going to those wasted areas. And when you prune it off, that means that more of that energy and those nutrients can go to the 
the part oh, that yes wants that needs to grow it. needs yes. to grow. Mm-hmm. And in our case, God God is the one that gets to choose what He wants us to be doing. So He may redirect all of that energy and all those nutrients over to that part. Yeah, that's good. Um, and if mm-hmm. we resist it, we're that's missing the boat. Mm-hmm. But it can it obviously can hurt when he takes away things or ministries or, or redirects. When he redirects sometimes it's like, what? <laughs> I mean, know, it's really a redirection. That's mm-hmm. a good way to put it. It's not a taking away. It's a, yeah, redirection. It's a redirection. Yeah. Yes. Another commentary said this about the pruning thing. Dead wood is worse than fruitlessness, for dead wood can harbor disease and decay. God removes the dead wood from his church and disciplines the life of the believer so that it is directed into fruitful activity. And removing the dead wood from the church, again, that's a little bit ominous. But if you go up to Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20, that's where he talks about the wolves in sheep's clothing. In that passage, he goes from the wolf metaphor again into the vine thing again. And he says, a good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So same, same picture. Same, and mm-hmm. in my experience, and this, I don't mean this to sound super harsh and judgmental, but when there are wolves among the sheep, if sure. there are people in the congregation that it's almost like Satan has planted them there to cause division sure. and uproar, sometimes it's horrible when you discern that and then those people are still there and they're still doing what they're doing. Yeah. But in time, I have never seen that happen where God did not do something to, to remove, remove them. them. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the same picture we have there. Yeah, I think it's very obvious in, our, in church where the Lord would want to remove that wolf because that that wolf is sly and you never know who that could possibly be. But when you recognize it, and I think, again, you know them by their fruits. Mm -hmm. You just do. So I think if we would just look at people and say, wait a minute, this is not bearing fruit whatsoever. When there's gossip, all that kind of stuff, that doesn't bear fruit either. And so that is a way to cut that stuff off too. And we should have a healthy fear that God takes it seriously if we're causing any kind of division or if if in some ways we're acting like wolves. It's a big deal to him. And again, going back to this passage in in Matthew Matthew. with the the tree and then what that commentary said, it's like it harbors disease and decay. Yes. And, And in our own personal lives, when we are spending all of our energy in areas that we want to do, but maybe it's not what God wants us to do, mm-hmm. then it's going to harbor decay mm-hmm. in our spiritual life. Yeah. So, um, and again, I think he's gentle also. Mm-hmm. I don't think God is harsh. I think he shows us and shows us and shows up yeah. as he's changing direction at times. Mm-hmm. I, when it happens abruptly, that's tough. But I still think when you see it happening or you can see something in the, something that seems like it's going to break here. So you see it ahead of time. So it's not like he's right. going to come in and go boom and I mean, surprise yeah. you. Sometimes we can be hard of hearing. I think there's, I don't want to say warning, maybe that's the right word yeah. also, but I think there's warning signs ahead of time. This is ready to fall. You better, you better be aware of what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Right. I don't know. Because I don't know if that's part of pruning and that's probably part of cutting back or cutting mm-hmm. away or all those kind of it's things. It's always so that it can grow more more. Yeah. And grow so the more person full can go stronger. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. What do you feel like God has used the most in your life to prune you? That's good. Probably. Surprise attack. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> I, I was thinking relationships, but I'm not sure it's that. It's probably ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, he's pruned me a lot. Yeah, me too. A whole, whole lot. 
and probably for greater fruit. Mm-hmm. You know, I think again, I always talking about those kids, but that is fruit that has remained. Yes. So that's that kind of fruit. Mm-hmm. But the pruning part, I think, is just pruning me. Okay, I shouldn't say ministry. I should say me. He's pruning my ideas, my I thought, all those things. Mm-hmm. I'm those things get pruned before him and saying, you know what, just look at me, Lou. Even if I'm pruning this thing off, it doesn't mean you're done and, and you're right. over. That's right. It means that I got something else for you to do. And so those things are sometimes hard because you can't see, but you can feel it. Think of that verse, at least for me, that something about they had zeal without knowledge or something oh, like that. You mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. And I feel like that was me. 40 years ago, I had so much zeal because the transformation in my life was so big when I became a Christian. It's like, I wanted to do all these great things, you know, and there was no way I was ready for any of that. And then over the years, you know, I've got a lot of closed doors that I thought were going to open, seemed like they would open and they didn't. Mm I look back now and I think, man, God really did know. Yes. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> like, <boing. laughs> Light bulb moment. No, in retrospect, it's easier to see sometimes, but when you're in the middle of it, it can be hard. It is very hard. Disappointing. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. When you're in the middle of it. Verse three. Okay. Jesus talking to the disciples and he goes to this idea of, of pruning. Remember, it means cleansing. So he says to them, you were already clean mm-hmm. because of the word which I have spoken to you. Again, I don't think we've hardly done an episode where we haven't mentioned the verse in Hebrews about the Word of God. I bet you can quote it. For the Word living of God active, is living, living and active. Yeah. Sharpening two edged sword. Yes. And piercing as far as the division of soul and spirit of both and joints and marrow. And, and judge the thoughts and tensions of the heart. You did. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> I had mine written down, but, but you win. So you, you're thinking about, okay, so what's he saying to this kind of ragtag group? You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. So what do you think so that means? I have no clue. But then you explained it. If you just said that vine has to be clean, what, mm-hmm. what were you saying? Well, you know, you have to prune it you for greater it. growth. Okay. So the nutrients can get to the right part. I mean, this whole thing is messing me up because this is not how I thought <laughs> this scripture was at all. I took it completely by the gifts and calling that the fruit of your labor. Well, I'm not saying that That it's not. That's not. Yeah. That's okay. So that's okay. We're going another direction. That's fine. I used to say this to myself all the time when I was, when asking the Lord to wash me. Mm -hmm. So I would always say, but you are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Mm -hmm. Lou, abide in me and I in you as a branch cannot bear fruit. I mean, I memorized that whole thing because I was going after you're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Mm -hmm. So I'm thinking... I go to righteousness. I don't know what this means. Well, yeah. And I think it, I mean, I mean that is where, true. Yeah, that is true. But the, the, the word clean and the word prune are essentially the same there. So you could say you are already pruned because of the word. So I, I think about the power of God's word to prune us, you know, the truth. Sure. Of, yeah. That verse in yeah. Hebrews that it can yes. discern our thoughts and our intentions. And <laughs> I've been doing a Bible study this summer with the ladies at our church on the book of James. Oh, yeah. You talk about getting pruned, honey. <laughs> There's nothing that prunes me more. I was dreading it. I thought, oh, <laughs> no, it's, the, you know, the thing on the tongue. And I mean, uh, just the, yes. James oh. did not mess around and he just nailed it, all of our stuff. So this summer has just been one big <laughs> pruning for me. That's what I thought of is that his word prunes the, the lies, really. Yes. All of the, yes. the misdirection, all of the paths we go down that are not the right path. And, and I want that. I want him to yes, prune away all the, all the junk. And again, once that's pruned, 
then we do bear much more fruit. Right. That's right. A couple of verses that related to that, Ephesians 5, 25 and 26, it says, Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Mm -hmm. So there's a cleansing effect of staying in God's word, which is why we keep talking about spending that time every day to get our brains sorted out as the day begins. Yes, very much so. Um, I love that scripture. And Romans 12, 2, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. And and we re- renew our minds with his, with his word. word. That's exactly. So, so that's good. I, I right. do not know that that's what it said. I'm being, I'm being honest. You're already clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. So you think these, these guys, these <clears throat> disciples that he just went along and sort of picked up on the road there yeah. <laughs> as he went around. They did. They had their ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. They had their truth, if you want to use a phrase that we hear too much these days. So he had had to cleanse out a whole bunch of lies the in their thought. lives because mm-hmm. he was handing this thing over to them. Yes, right. So he's saying, you guys are ready. Right. You, you've been with me. You've heard my teaching. You have been cleansed by my word. That's right. Right. That's good. That's well, good. we're probably about out of time. Yeah, yeah. We, I know we didn't get very far down the road, but that's okay. <laughs> we'll, get, yeah. we'll get into it again next week. That's right. All right. right. We pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more Truth and Hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.